the name of Jesus has been given to us for a purpose. And that we need to understand. In this world, we must know the importance of his name and our right to that name, our right to use that name, our right and the privileges attached to us having that name. We must not become over familiar with that name. That name must mean something to us. Each time we call on that name, it must mean something to us. It's our strong weapon for victory. Hallelujah. Did you, are we getting that point I've made just now? Yes. Okay. So let's, and this morning we'll be looking at the diverse privileges that we have in that name. Let me start by saying that everyone, everyone today, today, everyone, whether you be Jew or you be Gentile, whether free or whatever you want to call them, black or white, whoever you are, everyone has the opportunity, opportunity of coming to salvation through the name of Jesus. Everyone, everyone without exemption, whether they be rich or poor, God has given everyone the opportunity of access to salvation through the name of Jesus. It's a great opportunity. And so everyone has that provision to be saved from sin, to be delivered from the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of the dear son through the name of Jesus everyone without exemption. Amen. And that is where we are going to start from. And anyone who has not taken hold of that opportunity has the privilege this morning of doing, has the opportunity this morning of doing the same, of doing that. It is not church. It is not the name of a church. It is not how beautiful a church building is that gives access to salvation. It is the name of Jesus. It is not how many times you attend church meeting or you don't. What gives access to salvation is the name of Jesus. And the scripture is very, very clear about this. Hallelujah. Are you following me? Are, are you following me? Yes, yes. Yes, if you are following me, let's yes, just follow gently. Joel chapter yes. 2. Let's go to Joel chapter 2. Joel chapter 2. The book of Joel chapter 2 tells us this great privilege that we, we, we have. In Joel chapter 2, Joel chapter 2, uh, sorry, I'm there. am I there? Yes. In Joel chapter 2, I want us to take note of this scripture. You know it, but it's good to take note of it. After talking about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, after uh, everything associated with that, the scripture goes further to verse 32 by saying, and it shall come to pass that Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. For in Zion and in Jerusalem, there shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls, or whom the Lord shall call. 
So, everyone, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. No exemption. So there's no one bound in sin that cannot break from sin and receive salvation through the name of Jesus. And it is a vital point that I want us to take note of. The name of Jesus. Acts chapter 2, the same thing was repeated there in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter referring to this same scripture, to this same uh, Bible passage we just read, and we will see that Bible passage repeated again somewhere, and I know God deliberately did that through the Holy Spirit, uh, so that everyone, no one will have excuse or say, well, it's because I don't have opportunity for salvation. That's what I wasn't said. No, everyone has access to that name. Everyone has access to that name. Everyone has access to that name. And the scripture says this, uh, Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost, refer to what Joel said, and he went on to verse 21 and announced, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever. Your religious background notwithstanding. And we see the same scripture, the same, the same scripture again commented upon in uh, Romans chapter in Romans chapter ten in the book of Romans chapter ten Romans chapter ten in Romans chapter ten the scripture tells us this Romans chapter ten verse. Verse uh, 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes on, on him will not be put to shame. Verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. That's what I was saying. No distinction between race, ethnicity, color, language, no, none at all. For the same Lord is over, over all, is rich to all who call upon him. Verse 13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls on the name of Jesus, whoever calls on him for salvation, they will be saved. All the individual needs to do is to say, Lord, save me a sinner, and they will be saved. Save me a sinner, and they will be saved. That's the first victory anyone needs against the devil, against the enemy, against the wicked one, is salvation. Salvation of your soul. Salvation of your soul. Regeneration of our spirit is the first victory anyone needs to have against the wicked one. If you have not had it, you are still very much under his bondage. He still has a grip over your life, and he has the right to control you to control your destiny, to control what happens to you because you are still a slave under him. And if anyone wants to experience victory, anyone wants to experience liberty, anyone wants to escape from, from doom, then the first thing you need to do is accept that name. Lay hold of that name. Seek the opportunity that is in that name and receive salvation. Sorry, somebody, someone is speaking underneath there. Please, can they mute their microphone, please? Acts 4, verse 12. Somebody to read that one for me from home. 
Acts 4, verse 12. Acts 4, verse 12. Acts 4, verse 12. Who is reading it for me? Acts 4, verse 12. Yeah. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Amen. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name given unto mankind by which must be saved other than the name of Jesus. No one else. Salvation is found in no one else. We, are, we can't be apologetic about it. That's what the scripture says. It's either people believe it or they don't believe it. There's no force. You are not, you are not putting it, you are not uh, forcing it down the throat of anyone. Salvation is found in no one, according to this Bible, which we believe. And that's what makes us believers. Salvation is found in no one else. For it is not given on man, to man to be saved through any other name than the name of Jesus. What a great privilege. What an opportunity for everyone. And I'm praying that all my hearers today, they've called on that name for salvation, for salvation, for deliverance from sin, from Satan. And as many as have done so, they can lay hold of their salvation. They can say with boldness, I am saved. I am saved. They can shout it before the devil. I am saved. I am saved. And the devil knows it. That's the first thing here. And it's the very, it's the very first step to everything else we want to talk about today. And for as many people as have called upon the name of the Lord, we call them righteous. As many people as have obtained salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, we call them salvation, and righteous rather. We call them righteous. We call them saints and not sinners anymore. Am I saying they don't fall, they, they may not you know, fall into sin at one point or the other or have their shortcomings here and there? I've not said that. But the label of God over their life is that they are no longer sinners, but they are saved. A robe of righteousness, as we were talking about just now during worship time, has been placed on them. And by virtue of that, there is something also that comes with that salvation package. It is called safety, protection. Proverbs 18, verse 10. Someone can read it for me. Proverbs 18, verse 10. In Proverbs 18, verse 10, the scripture talks to Proverbs 18, verse 10. Yes. Yeah. The name of the Lord is a, is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. The wealth of the rich is therefore... Not... Yes. ...is That's... a fortified city. They imagine it... A wall too high to scale. Amen. Can you see that the wealth of the of the of sinners of or of the common man of the natural man is what they consider as a as a fortified wall around them. But for us who are the righteous, the Bible says the name of the Lord is our strong tower. It's our fortified city. The righteous, that is those who have obtained salvation through him, they run into it and they are saved. They are saved. They are protected. They are defended. The name of the Lord is a sure safety for us. And that is why no weapon formed or fashioned against us will prosper. Hallelujah. Because the scripture says our righteousness is from him. Turn with me very quickly to Isaiah, to the book of Isaiah. It's Isaiah 54, verse 17. Yes? 
no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their righteousness. That's actually why, why, why I've come there. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. And that righteousness is obtained when we put our faith for salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ. So his name then becomes a protection over us, a place of safety, according to that Proverbs 18, verse 10. Just the way the rich people trust in their wealth to, you know, for security around them, they can hire soldiers, they can hire police, escort, and so on. But the name of the Lord does much more for us. It's a, it's a safety. It's a protection over our lives. And we must constantly trust in that name for our safety, for our protection from all evil. Hallelujah. Amen. That is the privilege we have to that name. Never mm. let that name leave your mouth. Never let the name of Jesus become something that is just that is just a religious slang trot. It's our fortified city. It's the place of our refuge. It's the place of our safety. The name of Jesus. Because it's a strong tower. Strong tower. The righteous runs into it and they are safe. They are secure. Amen. 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 That's the second thing we have in that name. Once you have called on him, you have obtained salvation, then the name becomes a protection, a safety over our lives. The next thing that guarantees victory for us in that name is that the name of Jesus, number three thing I'm mentioning now, is that the name of the Lord, the name of Jesus actually gives us the authority, authority over principalities and powers and over every work of the devil. Oh, hallelujah. The name of the Lord gives us authority. It gives us authority over principalities and over powers and over every work of the evil one. The name of the Lord bestows authority upon us. And what do I mean by authority? I'm talking about the mandate, the legal, the legal power, the legal rights over principalities and powers. When we have that name, no principalities and power can ask us and say, what are you talking about? Because they know we have the legal rights. We have the authority over them. Just in that name. The name of Jesus. Because it is the, the, that name is the name above all names. It's a great weapon. The name of Jesus. And we'll see it here. When we call on that, on that name, with faith in that name, the first thing you know is that it bestows authority on us. And so we should be confident before the enemy. We should be confident before principalities and powers. Say, so I have authority to rule over you. I have authority to exercise dominion over you. I have authority to reign over you. So we must not allow ourselves to be molested by small, small demons. It doesn't matter who they are. For in the name of Jesus, the scripture says, every knee should bow. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. That's why he died. He died so that he can bequeath his name to us. 
as authority over principalities and powers. And I'm praying that all of us, we will build confidence in that name today. That name will do amazing things. In the midst of the kingdom of darkness, that name will do amazing things. In the name of Jesus. I want to see you call that name. You have been oppressed. You have been molested. Mm. Call on that name. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Oh, you know, Thank you, Lord. I, I, do you know, do you, oh, how many of you have watched Rayan Bonke's uh, crusade preachings before? When it's on the crusade meeting? How many of you have watched some of his, some of those uh, videos? Or if you have, because I can't see all of you because of the platform today, I would have said, show your hand. Oh. When you see the way he called that name, no wonder he sees things happen. Oh. It, you, you know, there's, 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 a, there's a force from within, oh. not just from, from his physique or from his head. From within, you will know that he, he was calling on that name from within with great authority. In the name of Jesus. Are you getting me? He calls it with confidence, with boldness, and things happen. And all of us have the right to use the name of Jesus just like that, and even much more. In the name of Jesus. Philippians chapter two. Philippians chapter two. In Philippians chapter two, just to let us know how exalted that may be, why it empowers us, why it gives us the authority to rule over uh, uh, every principality and power, whether it's the, the devil himself or his cohorts, and we shall see that very shortly. In Philippians chapter 2, from verse 9 to 11. Yes, if you've seen it, Philippians 2, verses 9 to 11. Therefore, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. Yes. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. In including, heaven, including his demons, whatever name they may be called, including his agent. Whatever them they may be called, it says, at the name of Jesus, every one of them should bow. Go on, my sister. In heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Thank you, my sister. Can you see that? That name has been exalted, highly elevated. By the reason of his death and resurrection, that name has been highly exalted exalted above every other name, whether they are named in heaven on earth or underneath the earth, deep beneath. Whether they are names that we already know or names that we will know later. It doesn't matter what that name is. It doesn't matter what that demon is called. It doesn't matter what that principality is called. In the name of Jesus, he said, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It honors the Father that his name is that exalted and mighty. Any time exploit is done in that name, the Father rejoices and the angels of heaven, they rejoice. Because it's a confirmation that he didn't die in vain. He died to bequeath the authority that is in his name to you and me. And actually, that authority, when we say in the name of Jesus, we are actually saying, we, you know, on his behalf. We are actually standing in his place. It's like a president sending you to go and represent him somewhere. He, he expects that everyone should accord you the same honor they would give him if he was there personally. That's what authority is. It's a mandate to represent someone else. Who is in a higher authority? 
And that is what the name of Jesus gives us. I want to see this church understand the implication of that name. And when we say in the name of Jesus, we understand what we are saying to principalities and powers. Amen. Amen. So that is how much it is. And look at what happened. The disciples, even when Jesus was still here, they experienced that. They experienced that. They saw it. Life. Luke chapter 10. I think from verse 17, 18, and 19 gives us the picture I'm trying to, I'm trying to get this morning. Luke. When the 72 disciples returned, returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us. Where do we use your name? When we use your name, I like that translation. It's simple for everybody to understand. Even the demons, they obey us. They obey us. When we use, when we use, when we stand in the authority of your name, when we use your name, even the devil obey us. I'm sure it was a surprise to them. Go on, my brother. Yes, he told them. I saw certain following from heaven like lighting lightning look i've given you authority over all the powers of the enemy and you can walk among us snakes and scorpions and crush them nothing will injure you but do not rejoice because evil spirits obey you rejoice because your name are registered in heaven Amen. Thank you. Thank you, my brother. Rejoice because your name, he said, look, that is what you have just seen is actually what he was trying to say is that, look, yes, you are, because they were very glad. They were rejoicing. And if I were one of them, I would have, honestly, I would have expressed my joy to the heavens. That I could see demons obey me, something they had never seen before. But he quickly told them, I saw Satan himself fall from heaven like lightning. I saw Satan himself fall from heaven. Not just his agent, not just the demons. I saw Satan himself fall from heaven. That's the authority of that name. That not just the agents of the devil, but even the devil himself cannot stand it. We have the authority to overthrow the evil one and all of his cohorts, wherever, wherever he raises his head. He said, I saw Satan fall. So he quickly told them, he said, no, in this, don't rejoice that demons, just demons are, yes, are obeying you. Rejoice because actually what you are experiencing is as a result of something much more eternal that has happened to you your salvation. That's what has given you that. Your name's written in heaven. Brothers and sisters, if your name has been written in the, in the book of the Lamb, that book that contains the name of all saved in his name, then the issue of demons being subject to us should not actually come as a surprise. Is a norm. That's exactly what it is. You should see it as a norm, as a normal life. Don't see it as an extraordinary life. That's a normal life. The normal life of a believer is to see demons bow to us in his name. Are you getting? Are you? Did you understand the where Jesus was raising the standard to? Jesus was raising the bar. He was elevating the bar. Your salvation has already given you much more. 
So demons bowing to you in my name, running, being demons being cast out in my name is a norm for you. It's your norm. It's your normal realm of living. I'm sure you don't wake up in the morning being surprised that you are breathing, you're able to breathe in and out. It's when you cannot do it that you know something is wrong with you. Am I right in that? You won't be surprised if you put food in your mouth this morning and you're able to swallow it. You won't say, wow, I'm so surprised that I can swallow a food. That's normal life. It's when you have difficulty swallowing that it's, ah, ah, there must be something wrong. It's when we don't see demons bow to us that then we know ah, something is wrong somewhere. But it's our normal life. It should be our normal life. In his name, in his name, not through our efforts, but in his name. I will, I will go to a scripture just now to explain that. Not by our effort, not by our height, not by our age, just in his name. Wow. And on, and on Friday, we were making some comments. And I remember Mark particularly made mention of that. That it's not about, he said, he said and I remember what he said. He said, even a child can do it. Brothers and sisters, no more life. No more life. To call upon that name, to use that name, and see things, and see demons bow, it's our, it should be our normal life. And I'm praying that today, by the reason of the word that God is speaking to us now, faith, confidence will rise up in us and live normally, seeing deliverances, people set at liberty because of that name in our mouth. Amen. He said, you can trample down scorpion and stuff. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. We need to go forth from here, believing that name, trusting in that name. that in our mouth, it will accomplish great and mighty things in Jesus' name. This is where God wants to lift us to. Nothing shall by any means hurt us. Let's go to the third thing, which is quite closely related to this second one, because we will then see how they, 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 all, they all come together. The name of Jesus, empowers us, empowers us for the miraculous. The name of Jesus empowers us for the miraculous. Not just demons being cast out, for the miraculous, even in other ways, for the miraculous life, or you want to call it the supernatural life. The supernatural life. It, it lifts us up from the ordinary to the realm of the supernatural that name, our right to that name immediately lifts us up from the realm of the natural to the supernatural, from the realm of the ordinary to the uncommon. So that the miraculous becomes our normal abode. The supernatural becomes our normal abode. We are not using that name enough. We are not exercising the authority that that name has bestowed on us. We are not actually mobilizing, deploying, I want to use that word, deploying the enormous power that that name has put in us for a life in the supernatural. If we are overcomers, which we, which we are, then let's begin to make, let's begin to put faith in that name and see things happen. Turn with me quickly, just to prove what I've just said now, in case somebody is wondering, that's what it is. Look at what the what happened. Uh, I will read from Acts chapter three, just for time, because our time is gone now. In Acts chapter three, Acts chapter three, let's turn there, in Acts chapter three, uh, Peter, you remember Peter and John, 
they were going to the temple at the hour of prayer. And uh, the Bible said at the hour of prayer, they were going to the temple at the ninth hour, exactly. And uh, there was this man who had been there for very many years. He was crippled, was in front of the beautiful gate, but somehow his life was not that beautiful. So he was looking up to Peter and John for arms, begging for maybe a little money. You know, you meet people like that, don't you? Who would just want you to give them a pound or something like that to buy food to eat. You, you, you see that. So this was what this man was doing. And he had been there for a long time. But look at what happened. Look at what Peter suddenly did because of the revelation of the name of Jesus, the value, the worth of that name and what is possible through that name. Look at what he said in verse six. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. Let me quickly tell you that if you have the name of Jesus, it's more than money. It's more than money. It's more than millions. That name, that name, it, because it commands every other thing. We should jubilate because of that. You can't compare anything else a man may have to, the, to, the, to what that name has bequeathed to you and to me. Nothing. That name answers everything. The, 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 the what you call it, the preacher in Ecclesiastes says, money answers all things. No, it's not everything money can answer, but the name answers to all things. Hallelujah. So, is the secret that God, so God has, I mean, been, we have been privileged to have revealed to us in the New Testament. But let's go on to that, that first line. Then Peter says, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Money cannot buy that. Money cannot do that. Silver and gold has no answer to that. They have no answer to that. But look at what happened there. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and enter the temple with them, walking, leaping, praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. A turnaround, instantaneous turnaround. Let's even say it's something you want, to, you want to address by surgical operation, but it wouldn't be that instantaneous. It will take time to prepare the person for surgery. It will take time for healing to take place, but this was instantaneous. And look at what Peter said, which is where I'm actually going. When people were looking at Peter, wondering how they have done this. Verse 12. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so, why look so intently at us? As though by our own power or godliness, we had made this man walk. Then he began to talk to them about Jesus. Look at verse 15. And his name, no, verse 16. And his name, true faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you saw and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Acts chapter three, verse, I read verse six first, verse six, seven, um, verse six and seven and eight, and then I've just read verse 16. That's what Peter said. No, no, it's not by our power. It's not by our godliness or anything like that. We are only enjoying the right that we have to use this name. It is not our super holiness. 
is just our simple faith in this name. May we go forth from here, apply simple faith to the name of Jesus that has been bequeathed to us for exploits, even in this at this hour and in the days ahead of us. Amen. Amen. Because of our time, I just want to find a place where, okay, let me quickly say this. The name of Jesus, because of, you can see all that we are saying, the name of Jesus actually guarantees victory for us. The name of the Lord guarantees victory over every battle in life. It, that name guarantees victory. It commands victory. It puts victory in our hands. The name of Jesus. The name of the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 20. Psalm 20. Psalm 20. In Psalm 20, it's a verse I'm sure several of us will know. But there's something about it. And there are two points there. But I'll pick the first one. They'll quickly pick the second one before I draw this meeting to a close. Uh, Verse, uh, Psalm 20, Psalm 20, Psalm 20. Okay. Yes, I'm there. In Psalm 20, if you read <clears throat> from uh, verse 6, it says, Now and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stood upright. Save Lord, may the King answer us when we call. Hallelujah. Some trust in chariot, some in us, but we will put our trust in the name of the Lord our God. They will they fall down. They are falling, they are defeated, but we are standing upright. We are standing upright. We are standing tall. In the name of Jesus, we will stand tall against every, in every battle. We will stand and we stand the enemy. And when the enemy is long defeated, we will still remain standing in Jesus' name. That's what the name gives to us. That's, the, that's what the name has bequeathed to us. In his name. In his name and in his name. Amen. Thank you. I can continue to read and read and read more. Look at verse Psalm 43. Psalm 43. Psalm 43. In Psalm 43, it says, verse uh, Psalm 43, verse no, Psalm 44. Psalm 44. It's not 43. Psalm 44, verse 4. You are my king, O God. Psalm 44 from verse 4. You are my king, O God. Command victory for Jacob. Through you, we will push down our enemy. Through your name, we will trample those who rise up against us. Through the name of Jesus. We will trample every enemy, every foe. For I will not trust in my bow nor shall my sword save me. But you have saved us from our enemy and have put to shame those who hated us. In God, we boast all day long and praise your name forever. His name. <laughs> Hallelujah. We can boast actually in the name of the Lord, in the victory that he gives us. The name. The name of the Lord. The name of the Lord. And lastly, because I'm already five minutes beyond my time. Lastly, in his name, we have answer to prayers. We have answer to prayers. When your prayer is answered, because that's what we have talked in all the two times I've read, Psalm 20, Psalm 44, they were all in answer to prayers. And when Jesus came, Jesus then opened 
that up to us to know exactly who they were talking about, that it was himself. Answer to prayers. Whenever the prayer of a man is answered, that is victory in his side. That when you call upon the Lord, when you call upon Jehovah, in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, your prayers are answered. That is victory in his side. That is the guarantee for a triumphant life. Oh, hallelujah. John chapter 14, verses 12 to 14. Somebody to read that for me. John 14, verses 12 to 14. And another person to read for me. John chapter 15, verse 16. And uh, I think I may have to be contented with that because of my time so that we can round up. The first person, John chapter 14, from verses 12 to 14. Just that name and answer to prayer is so crucial that when we approach the place of prayer, we should go into the place of prayer with confidence because we have right to that name. Go on, whoever is reading. Very true. Yeah? Can I go, Pastor? Yes, please go ahead. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than this because I'm going to the Father. And, and I will do whatever you ask me in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Go on. You, may, you may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. Amen. Can you see what the name does? It guarantees answer to prayer. And it is because of that that we will do, great, we will do even greater works than he did. The works that he did, we will do. And greater works than he did. Because after his death and his resurrection, he has received a name higher than every other day. Amen. Answer to prayers. You can then go and read the other scripture I read. It's just the same thing. John 15, verse 16. How do, where do I close this, this morning? Can I quickly say solemnly, though, that not everyone, not everyone has been taking advantage of the right that we have to his name. That's the very thing. That's the very first thing we need to note. We haven't been. In fact, if I read from John 16, what verse is that now? It says, either to you have not asked anything in my name, but you ask so that your joy may be full. It shows that we have not been taking advantage of the name, of the right that we have to the name. And we must do that. As believers, we must do it. You remember what he said in Mark chapter 16 from verse 16? Those who believe, they will be saved. Those who do not believe, they will be condemned or damned. He said, and this sign shall follow them that believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will lay hand upon the sick, they will recover. Even if they eat any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. Hallelujah. That is what we have to that name. Anyone who believes in that name, anyone who can take advantage of it, take advantage of the privileges that comes with our salvation in the name of Jesus, they will, be, they will be astonished. They will do wonders. Mark 16, from verse 16 to 20, tells us that. And as the people believed and they went, the Bible says himself was working with them because he cannot deny his name. And with signs following, signs following. May we believe in the confidence that is ours in that name, in Jesus' name. Now, I will have said something more, but I have to stop here. You remember the sons of Scephas? In Acts 19, the Bible said they took it upon themselves to invoke the name of Jesus 
that Paul preached. And they told the man who was possessed of the demon. Say, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preached, come out. And the man looked at them and said, you, what right do you have to that name? That name, they, they don't even recognize you. You have no right to that name. And the demon-possessed man beat them so much that they ran away naked. Of course, that caused revival because people then on that. And the Bible says, and the name of Jesus was highly glorified or magnified on that city. Acts 19, you can read it on your home from verse 1. Paul had done miraculous things, uncommon miracles through the name. Then these people thought, let's do the same thing. Not everyone also can enjoy the privileges attached to that name because they don't have a relationship and a connection with that. And I'm praying that we all will not just be religious people, but a people who are truly identified as having right to lay claim to that name and to see that name walk in our mouth. It doesn't matter how long ago you became born again. As long as you are standing in God's righteousness, the name will walk in your mouth. The name will walk for you and walk in your ministry. And from this day, I pray that confidence will rise up in each and every one of us and we go forth and do exploits in the name of Jesus. Even this morning, it says, ask that your joy may be full. Ask anything in my name that your joy may be full. Let's bow down our heads as we talk to God this morning. Say, those who call upon the name of the Lord, they will never be put to shame. Let's go before the Lord this morning. Let's first of all pray and say, Lord, thank you for the access I have to your name. Thank you for the privilege, the right that I have to your name. Thank you for the name that has been given to me for my salvation and for my exploit and for me to live in this supernatural, even in this place. We talked about the Holy Spirit the other time. And now we are seeing the name of Jesus also added to that. We are equipped. We are people highly equipped. Just thank God for all the equipping God has given us for a victorious, triumphant, overcoming life in this world. Let's pray that we take advantage of all of this equipment and do great and mighty things in Jesus' name.